0: Good evening, good to see all of you. <clears throat> uh, we are following up on this morning and uh, giving a the, the rest of our introduction to uh, the book of Revelation. This morning we talked primarily about how to read the book and how to approach our reading of the book. And tonight we will go into a bit of the How we should see the scope of the book and the character of message give you some familiarity of what the uh, author is doing obviously what god is doing uh, through john in this message so we'll we'll see how that that plays out Uh, probably spend uh, maybe uh, 30 minutes on that particular part i'll stop then we'll we'll just have a, if there's any questions and stuff we'll address that at that particular point point. one other thing i would love to cover tonight not sure we'll get to it but the one thing we have not talked about is what is this time frame in which these things in revelation are being fulfilled you probably noticed in the first three verses these he says these are things that must come to pass shortly the time is near and that sort of language is repeated a number of times in the book of revelation so we want to talk a little bit about that if we if we have the time tonight if not we will plan on that uh, next week all right so so first first and foremost let's just talk a little bit about what was just read Joshua read to us Psalm 2 and you probably noticed in Psalm 2 that there is this major objection by the kings and rulers on the earth of Jesus being set as a king on God's throne and God laughs at them they're going to battle against God keep that from happening God laughs at them and says yet I have set my king on the throne and therefore you leaders and kings of the earth you had better be aware of what the, the king jesus will do to you if you do not submit to him kiss the son lest you perish in the way now that that passage of course quoted in the new testament a number of times but that passage is a summation of what now is going to play out in the book of revelation god giving the culmination of an ultimate battle against the nations remember this this psalm 2 text was quoted when in, in acts chapter 4 when the apostles were threatened if they um if they continued to preach in jesus and so they they went back they prayed to god reminded him of this text and said give us boldness to step forward and do what we ought to do so the same kind of principle that we're going to see here in in the book of revelation all right so, so just a, a few things about that the battle here is over the souls of men we have two great kingdoms going on remember jesus refers to satan having his own kingdom he started his own kingdom and we have two great kingdoms going on these kingdoms are battling for people's souls but it's important that we understand that this is not the battle between two despots this is not the battle between uh two uh, two people who uh two individuals who want just want power that's not the idea this is a battle between wickedness and righteousness down through the ages i i think it interesting that that this is what god is doing in christ in psalm 110 Uh, the jesus the messiah speaks this way the lord said to my or david speaks this way the lord said to my lord that is to the messiah uh, when he points out sit at my right hand until i make your enemies your footstool so here is god with enemies and of course satan and his angels creating this enemy relationship not wanting to submit to god and what, what is all that about? Well, I, I would suggest here that this comes from Satan's temptation. Please notice how, how this is mentioned uh, in Luke's account of Satan tempting Jesus. Look at the words. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment and a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all these, uh, all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me so stop right there who's in who's in control of the nations satan is the dragon has taken control of the nations not against their will the nations of course have given satan that control and satan just says i'll hand it over to you as he goes on to say i give it to whomever i will and if you then will worship me it will all be yours so here then is this battle again over the souls of men and there is then in the book of revelation a number of depictions of this battle i think the one that impresses me the most and maybe should hit all of our hearts is in chapter 6 and and verses 9 and 10 when the souls under the altar that is those who have been persecuted by the dragon and by the dragon's allies they are under the altar and they say oh sovereign lord holy and true how long before you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth second thessalonians will say the same thing in chapter one of second thessalonians it is right that god bring about retribution on those who punish you and those who bring tribulation on you god's going to repay this we all live in a type of system even if we're not physically abused we live in our hearts the same way how long O lord and that's what revelation answers how long what are you doing O lord and of course in this particular case god's answer is a little while longer a little while longer till those more of your brethren actually die and then i'm going to come and rescue you so there is an avenging there's a rescue that we all those who are righteous look forward to and if god does not rescue as david would say you've put us all to shame but i know you won't put us to shame you're going to put the enemies to shame so this is what this battle is about we need to keep that in mind this is not just a battle between two powers not like an earthly battle would be okay and then uh, secondly just to get in our minds the idea of this is a war this is this is uh, a battle between uh between not only god and the dragon but between the offspring of jesus and the offspring of uh of satan and we read that in genesis 3:15. that's the promise that would happen there would be this battle between offspring so not just god and christ and the dragon but also uh with us and the offspring of the serpent in cha- chapter 12 verse 7 uh, he mentions now, war rose, and, uh, rose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And of course, defeated by the resurrection of Christ. So you, you just, I just want you to see the idea here and be familiar with, you're gonna look, you're lo- we're looking at a war, we're looking at a battle, and the battle is for the idea of the rule of God to save mankind from the wickedness of the dragon we all for that (laughs) 18 we 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 want we want God and us to be the winners and that's what Revelation is emphasizing here and then in chapter 17 and uh, verse 14 he actually says this at the completion of the destruction of Rome he says they will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is the lord of lords and king of kings and those with him are called chosen and faithful if you were to choose a key verse in revelation i would suggest this is it this would be a good summation or theme key verse that would summarize what's going on in the book there is a battle they war against the lamb the dragon and his allies and the lamb wars back, and he wins the battle, conquers them because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. Why is that important for us? I mean, you just make a good application right now. I don't care how powerful anybody is in the United States or any other country in the world. Wherever the kings of the earth are, Jesus Christ is king over them, and wherever the lords of the earth are, Jesus Christ is the Lord over them. (laughs) and this this book stresses that particular point okay now let's just get a a little picture now of how this comes about god's victory comes about through a series of judgments primarily three main judgment scenes are given in the book and this so it's prelude to what we're going to see later first beginning in chapter six there's going to be a series of seven seals of the scroll that are opened up. As these are opened, we we see judgments that affect, catch this, a quarter of the earth. At the opening of the seventh seal, then we're going to see seven trumpets sound. Trumpets give warnings of things to come seven trumpets sound they will affect a third of the earth and then out of that eventually come seven angels carry, carrying seven bowls of wrath in chapter 15 and 16 and these bowls of wrath have no limit to them they're going to affect everybody on the earth all of those who are earth dwellers Uh, who follow the dragon these bowls of wrath are going to be poured out of and this signifies then the final judgment so you can see this interesting interesting pattern seven 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 first the seals then the trumpets and then out of each of the seventh come then the next series and you see the picture then of a final judgment taking place so chapter 15 and 16 indicates that final judgment with the seven bowls of wrath being poured out in fact when you have the seven seals there's a pause between the sixth and the seventh a little um, uh, period of silence or just a pause in which something else takes place before the seventh same thing with the trumpets you get the bowls of wrath pouring out there's no pause between the sixth and seventh god's like done (laughs) we're we're taking it out there's going to be no more of this as a matter of fact I want you to take a look and you have your Bibles with you please uh, just take a look at this passage the more you're familiar with looking at it in the text the better off you will be in 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 keeping your understanding together and be able to follow this but just notice the end of chapter 16 as this the seventh bowl of wrath is poured out uh, chapter 16 verse 17 notice the words the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying it is done See, no, see that see, so here's the is this final judgment idea and there were flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth so great was that earthquake by the way that little phrase there is uh, this flashes of lightning and the earthquake and all of this is used many many times every time almost every time you go and see the throne there's flashes of lightning and earthquake god's like (laughs) (laughs) i'm upset and we are going to have a battle going on here verse 19 and the great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell notice this great city idea i mentioned that this morning coming out of isaiah 24 the, the great city is our culture throughout the whole world it's not just oh a particular nation or something so this great city is split and then the cities of the nations fell and god remembered babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath mm. god uh, uh handing rome the the prostitute as she's referred to later in chapter 17 the cup of his wrath and forcing her to drink it completely so that she gets the full fury of his wrath against her and then verse 21 and great uh, excuse me verse 20 and every island fled away and no mountains were to be found and great hailstones about 100 pounds each fell from heaven on the people and they cursed god for the plague of the hail because the plague was so so um uh, severe so here he, is. he says it is done this is it this is the final judgment now when you come to 17 and 18 what you find is is their depictions then of rome finally in her fall he says come let me uh let me show you this prostitute let me show you what she looks like sitting on the beast let me let me depict her and so you see these very uh uh picturesque uh, uh ideas of what rome really looks like and as i said this morning the people of that day would have looked rome walked in the city of rome and went wow they would have gone into philippi that we studied in class this morning went wow look at this great temple to the uh to the emperor they would go around the impound see all these pictures and god says here's the picture here's really the ugliness of her and 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 that was that is important uh, for us then to, to to keep in mind and then as you go from there you see this ultimate victory declared twice now I want you to see these two texts that are before you there's two times where he describes the ultimate victory the first one is in chapter 11 verse 17 and 18 I'm going to suggest to you that in this case the ultimate victory is against Israel is against the holy people. We'll follow up on that in just a moment. Uh, it is against Israel, against the holy people. But notice, uh, uh, let's start at verse 16 of chapter 11. And the 24 elders to sit on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time of the dead to be judged for and for rewarding your servants the prophets and saints and for those who fear your name both small and great and for destroying the destroyers of the earth notice notice who's being destroyed here the destroyers of the earth so in in these first number of chapters chapter 11 actually started with the temple and measuring the temple protecting those who were righteous but destroying those who were not which as daniel t- will tell us uh was referring to israel now why israel uh because uh, the persecution that we see in the beginning of the book we'll see it with smyrna we see it at philadelphia the persecution is from the jews and so this culminates in god bringing a judgment on them uh, and I've, I've jumped ahead a little bit just to throw that out but now i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pr- prove it in just a second okay so you see that final judgment being shown there and uh, and you see in verse 19 again the flashes of lightning and the rumblings etc now go to chapter 19 and you see again this a final judgment is repeated in this case 19:1 and 2 after this i heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out hallelujah salvation and glory and power belong to our god for his judgments are true and just for his he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has venged her on the blood of the saints so in the last part of the book it, it, everything is concentrating from 12 on is concentrating upon this beast and this prostitute which he describes as the great city who reigns over the kingdoms of the earth chapter 17 verse 18 so there there is just just getting that awareness uh, before you now to finish the book just notice what takes place here now we have a great multitude declaring the marriage of the lamb in chapter 19 verses 6 through 8 and uh, I just mentioned that and had that uh, followed there then we see the dragon who who uh, who followed them cast in the lake of fire along with all those who follow the dragon you see that then in chapter chapters 19 and 20 and then in chapter 20 we see a new heavens and a new earth we see a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven made ready as a bride okay we the new Jerusalem now made ready as a bride for christ and then he he proclaims in chapter 21 now the dwelling place of god is with men and then we can easily draw the conclusion he's just wiped out the distinction between heaven and earth there's no distinction anymore god has brought heaven down with the in the sense of the new jerusalem and now where's god dwelling he's dwelling in the new heavens and the new earth and god has brought us down or uh, uh, came down with us to dwell with us and he is gone jesus just as jesus went away to prepare a place for us now that whole place is the heaven that we often talk about but really it's a molding together of both heaven and earth and bringing all things together of course the old earth is destroyed, new heavens and new earth have been created, and God then brings us into that relationship with Jesus. We see God face-to-face, uh, Jesus is in our presence, etc. By the way, that fits, and I've mentioned this once before, but that fits the pattern all the way through the Bible. We don't go to God, God comes to us. I always thought that was interesting. I've always struggled with that until i just accepted it okay i'm just going to accept it uh when god god makes the garden of eden he comes down to dwell with man and when the garden of eden is taken away he builds the tabernacle where he comes down to dwell with man pictures of what he's going to later do temple the same way and then we get to the end where's the temple he comes down and brings and makes this new heaven new earth and heaven and earth are blended together and reconciled all things are blended together. Remember when Jesus prayed in um, you know, the example prayer? Uh, he said, uh, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> There's a blending of heaven and earth, bringing it all together. Uh, anyway, interesting uh, little uh point there. All right, let's stop there. Did better than I thought I would. Uh, Only 20 minutes there. That's good. Uh, So let's stop. Questions? Anything that you want me to clarify as far as our introduction is concerned? Obviously, when we get a little further here in our studies, we will look at a lot of details of these texts. I'm just giving you big picture. All right. Stop. Bible class time. Questions? Belinda. I have a question. You are talking about, in Luke, where Satan offered um, Jesus all the kingdoms, so, and then, of course, we're learning that, that Satan's over the earthly kingdoms. At the same time, we know that God puts rulers in place in earthly kingdoms. Okay, yeah. How do you make that work? Okay. So, Belinda's question was, we see Satan saying he has control all of the kingdoms of the earth. And yet we also know that back in passages like Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82, Job chapter 1, that there's evidence that the angels that God sent to rule over nations, um, they rebelled. So that's the answer, really, is that what God placed over earthly kingdoms... Remember in Daniel, we studied Daniel 10 and we saw that Daniel was waiting for an answer to his prayer and took three weeks for the angel to come and I always picture him showing up, breathing hard. <laughs> I came as soon as you prayed but three weeks i went by because the prince of the kingdom of persia was withholding me and i couldn't get loose and it took michael the the great angel come and get me loose so that i could come and and tell you the answer to the prayer and after i get done with this i got to go back and fight with the prince of the kingdom of persia and when i'm done with him i've got to fight with the prince of the kingdom of greece see ya and we all went, what was <laughs> <What is> that <laughs> and well there's again from Psalm 82 and Deuteronomy 32. We don't have time to go into all that, but you see evidence that God placed angels that He referred to as gods in Psalm 82 in the position of bringing His word to them. And Jesus says, in quoting Psalm 82 in John 10, they failed, and He came to fulfill what they did not do, faithfully bringing the word. That's the best I can tell you. Is just that. Satan did rule them because they caved and followed after God. OK? also know that God puts in But he still allows, he allows free will, and he allows Satan to enter the battle. Remember, he could have just when Satan rebelled, he could have just went, uh, poof <laughs> But he's proving something god is not proving that he's just bigger and and, and better and power, more powerful he's proving that he deserves the worship of all creation and because of who he is and what he's done which He demonstrates through what he did with jesus he proves that he's worthy and that's what you see through the revelation every time you see before the throne what do you hear him saying worthy 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 holy 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 yes idea so the question oh Mark. that there's not two because there are two rulers? Two rulers, but when we think of a despot, we're thinking of somebody who rules for his own desire of power. God is not doing that. God is, it, God is doing exactly what you do with your children. Somebody else comes along who is evil and wants to influence your children. And this happens to us when our kids get into uh, a little older and they get influenced from various sources and get into teen years and stuff. We become very, very jealous of them. We start, whoa, 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 whoa. You do not be, need to be putting their values over the values that I'm teaching you. And you do not want to th- think that they love you somehow more than I love you. And that's what God is doing. God is saying, hold it. You, Satan, are out to destroy my creation. You will absolutely destroy their joy. They'll destroy everything that I have. You will destroy everything that I've done for my people. And so he's jealous for us with a jealous of love, just like a a husband would be jealous if someone tries to take his wife away or vice versa. Make sense? he's he is doing it for our sake not because he's just trying to take satan is just i love power Uh, he satan reminds me of the great dictators of the earth hitler stalin uh lenin uh saddam hussein uh what are they out for are they out for the good of their people good grief no (laughs) they're just out for power and wealth that's, they don't care what happens to their people. Um, that, uh, oh, goodness, went blank on the great Chinese uh, back in the 80s and stuff. You remember Mao, thank you Mao Zedong. Uh, Mao starved over one million of his people, starved them to death in order to get the atomic bomb, the atomic weapon, and pay off other nations he took from what his people were doing starved a million people not, not even counting the people he actually murdered so you, you this this is the kind of individuals you're looking at what are you seeing with hamas and and all that kind of stuff? you're seeing the exact same kind of thing they don't care about people don't care about anybody but their own power and uh and and they're willing to do anything to have it so the, it, there's a that's the difference i'm talking about somebody else you other questions Good, everybody else is perfectly understanding the uh, beginning of Revelation. Uh, I'm glad. A bit of a response to Melinda's question. I think that's the same issue that we deal with. If you say God completely God in He allows free will he allows this by the way you bring up a really good point just from this standpoint Rome boasted in the peace they had brought to the Empire how'd they bring peace to the Empire yeah by the sword that's how they brought it how did Jesus bring peace how did Jesus run his kingdom he laid his life down he shed his blood in order to bring peace you you see the difference major major difference god is saying no 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 i'm not like rome i am not like any of these nations i'm not like any of these rulers everything i'm doing i'm laying my life down in order to save my people and i give up everything i have in order to make that happen so very important good First Corinthians, Paul says, "That's I'll just say, that's why what God did to bring about our reconciliation to God was a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Good, good, good thought. First Corinthians chapter 1. The, the, the way God went about conquering was by laying His life down, by, by being crucified. And it was a stumbling block to the Jews. They were, they were looking for the god messiah who came and went you know and and made them the greatest in the city came and allowed them to crucify him in order to save them and uh, much much different and that's the same reason that it was to the gentiles was foolishness and very opposite of what you're looking for in an earthly uh ruler or king and jesus proved a whole different matter brought the world he drew the world to himself instead of forcing the world to follow him much different okay good let's look at this and you can we'll i'll I'll make sure you can we'll have a little discussion about this let's look at this next point is uh you see in chapter one uh, him introducing revelation with the words Uh, he gave uh, him in verse 1 the revelation of jesus christ which god gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place verse 3 similar thing very end for the time is near and you're going to see that kind of statement throughout the book let's talk a little bit about this time frame so First, first question we would say here when he says uh, the things that must soon take place. My first question would be is, how soon are you talking about? Uh, how near is this? what really is that is meant when you say that it's going to happen soon or that it's going to or that the time is near you get to the end of the book in chapter 22 he repeats that that the time is near and the Lord is coming quickly and you see a number of statements like that so the other question that would go along with this is do you mean that it's soon to take place that is the beginning of what you're going to do? Is going to play take place soon? Or are you saying everything that you're about to do is going to take place soon? Which one would you take a wild guess would be? Not going to do it. <laughs> Not going to do it. That's right. <laughs> If I didn't know anything else about the book, my wild guess would be and I think this is verified by the book, as we'll see in just a second my wild guess would be that he's not talking about everything he's about to do is going to take place soon, but that this is going to there, there is a transition happening right now, and things are going to start changing. I'm going to start doing something in order to bring that about, John.
1: yeah sure yeah yeah good point
0: good point yeah there's some things that are going to be going to happen and be completed fairly quickly there's other things that is going to take a more a different process but still I'm on the job is the idea and I'm working and let's let's just play that out let's see if that if that theory would work and what we see then in the book of revelation so go over to daniel chapter 12 we have to make a comparison here we made this comparison briefly at the end of our study of daniel back in december but let's go back to daniel chapter 12. Now, some of you i know were not in the daniel study so uh, I, I Unfortunately, I can't take the time to just give you a summation of all the book of Daniel. But please notice, in Je- Daniel 12, verse 1, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people will be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book of life. Now this time of trouble, Jesus actually quotes that, in matthew 24 referring to the fall of israel the destruction of jerusalem so you know your time frame already just looking at daniel 12 look down now at verse 5 excuse me verse 4 but you daniel shut up the words and seal the book now note that note that if you're if you want to underline in your bible there you are shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end context of end here is end of israel many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase then I Daniel looked and behold two others stood one on this bank on the of the stream and one on the bank uh, that bank of the stream and someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream how long shall it be till the end of these wonders Okay, notice the question how long will it be then verse 7 and I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time times and a half a time and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end all these things would be finished okay who's he talking about shattering of the holy people who's the holy people obviously israel Now, they're not holy anymore when they get shattered, but that's the way he's referring to them. All right. And I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Notice that they're sealed. This book is sealed. You can't I'm not going to tell you anymore. It's not going to be till the time of the end that this is going to be revealed. And he then goes on, many will purify themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, look then at, uh, just look at verse 13. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Okay, so all of this mainly talking about, as we saw 12.1 say, the destruction of Israel, the fall of Jerusalem, etc. cetera. So notice what we've discovered here. First, the words of the scroll are sealed up until the time of the end. There's some more information Daniel wants. He says, Mm-mm, not going to let this be out. You seal it up, close the book. That's that, okay? And then he says in verse 13, Daniel, you're gonna rest until the end of these days and you will be fine. Don't worry about yourself. Uh, you're righteous and you don't have to worry. But verses six and seven bring something to our attention. The end of these wonders would be the shattering of the holy people. Did you notice the two angels, one on one bank, one on the other, how long, and an angel above them in the air saying, uh, for time, times, and half a time, which is always a period of trial and difficulty, etc. And then this is going to come about. All right, everybody got this little scene in your mind? All right, so let's transfer now over to Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10, beginning at verse 5. You're going to see a lot of similarity here. Verse 5, and he says, uh, uh, by the way, there were seven thunders who, who spoke, and he said, don't write it down. And then verse 5, And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him, who lives forever and ever uh, sound familiar okay same thing who created heaven and and what is in it and the earth and what is in it and the sea and what is in it that there would be no more delay okay what it, what did the angel back in Daniel say Not, nah, not happening yet seal this up until the time of the end but this angel says okay we're done with the delay no more delay Verse 7, but in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Just as he announced to his servants the prophets. As we saw in Daniel chapter, chapter 9 and in chapter, uh, chapter 12, that there would be the fall of Israel. And he says, now the last trumpet call Trumpet sound is bringing all that to the end and God's mystery is completed just as he had said what happened in the prophets verse 8 then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land so I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll and he said to me take it and eat it it will make your stomach better but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey and i took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it and it was sweet as honey to my mouth but when i had eaten it my stomach was made bitter and i was told watch this you must again prophesy about many peoples nations languages and kings okay back in chapter 11 he was talking about the temple of israel and he was talking about its destruction and he was talking about oh so now we're switching, and now I'm giving you another little scroll, and you're going to eat it, and it's, you're going to go out and prophesy more about these other nations. So you're transferring to, to a different part of the book of Daniel. Two great nations were prophesied of destroying, being destroyed in the book of Daniel. right? Israel and Rome, and of course all the nations before Rome. Those were two, and he's going to match that then in the book of Revelation. All right, so notice what we have here. Same picture of the angel. Uh, there would be more, no more delay. There was delay in the book of Daniel. It was waiting till the time of the end. The scroll is not sealed. This time it's open to be, to be read and shown to people all that's taken place and then you must again prophesy about many people's nations and languages and kings you prophesied about israel now you're going to prophesy about these other nations languages and kings okay so then that brings this question here's the scope of our time period as we saw prophesied in daniel and now bringing about in revelation here's the scope that we're going to see first and foremost daniel 12 talked about the shattering of the holy people of israel what year did that take place yeah 70 a.d and 69 to 72 actually the whole thing when all of the fortified uh, uh, cities of israel were destroyed and then the result of that uh, being the uh, the finality of the nation of israel and that's when they 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 came to an end as a nation okay so that was fulfilled very soon wasn't it now look at the (coughs) letters to smyrna and philadelphia smyrna is in chapter 2 of revelation smyrna is in chapter 2 notice what he says to smyrna chapter 2 and uh notice verse 9 I know your tribulation and your poverty, that you are rich and the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Okay, remember in the New Testament, the true Jew is those who follow Christ, and the false Jews are those who do not follow Christ. And so here's who's persecuting Smyrna. It's these false Jews, but it is physical or biological Jews. They're the one persecuting. Now look at chapter 3 concerning Philadelphia. Look at chapter 3 and verse 10. This is really informative here. Chapter 3, 10. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. But back up to verse 9 behold i make those of the synagogue of satan who say that they are jews and are not but lie behold i will make them come and bow down before your feet and they will learn that i have loved you okay what persecution has already been taking place against both smyrna and philadelphia persecution by jews isn't it what persecution is yet to come verse 10 there's a persecution yet to come that has not come yet at the time of the writing in Revelation. The persecution that will actually try all the, the coming upon the whole world, not just this various local areas, but on the whole world, and is going to try those who dwell on the face of the earth. Two persecutions talked about in Revelation those of the Jews, we saw that in Daniel, we see it in the first half of Revelation those of the gentiles we saw that in daniel chapter 7 and ultimately in in some in daniel 9 but mainly daniel 7 where the christians were persecuted and we see that in the last half of the book of revelation so he's telling us right here there is persecution that is happening and there's persecution that is coming now you have a context of time period everybody understand that good okay follow up then as we've seen here for future persecution now in chapter 10 verse 5 through 11 these judgments are concluded on israel uh at least in in a prophetic way they're concluded on israel i read that this morning in chapter 11 and also here in this text so they're concluded on israel and then we go from there and he speaks in chapter 10 verse 11 as we just read there be later judgments about peoples and nations and languages and kings uh here john you're going to now tell more about peoples nations languages and kings okay now here's then Going back to answer the question, how soon is soon? Well, Jerusalem, as John said, that's pretty soon. Uh, when was Revelation written? Well, nobody knows for exact sure. I and there's different beliefs and stuff on it. Uh, I would suggest that we're probably looking at somewhere around 68, 69 uh, BC, but that's I'm AD. But that's not significant for us right now. We just know that he's talking about something that we know happened quite soon. Rome, when did Rome fall? Well, that's a bit later. <laughs> Two, 300 years takes place. And Daniel foretold of the fall of Rome. In Daniel chapter seven, and Daniel chapter nine, verse 27, after Rome destroyed Israel, he said the destroyer was going to be destroyed. So now how long is soon? So you see how it's going to happen the beginnings are going to happen right away very very quickly but there's a process by which this is coming God is beginning to act is the is the idea. So this brings about a caution when you're reading time markers especially in apocalyptic type literature. I'll give you a couple examples. How long was it going to be in Daniel 9:24? from the time that the call went out to rebuild the temple until jerusalem was going to be destroyed and rome the destroyer was going to be destroyed how long was that going to be well in daniel it said 70 weeks we can look back and go oh well we can figure that out 70 weeks well it's not literal (laughs) because even if i took 70 weeks as 70 years 70 times 70 you're gonna go wait a minute uh that's 490 years that's not enough years it's actually it covers over 600 years 70 weeks you see the what would you think if you were living in daniel time and the the prophet says it's going to be 70 weeks you go, okay well let me count my weeks here <laughs> this is about a year and a half no it's not so we have to be careful how these words are used in apocalyptic literature. Uh, the church at Smyrna is told, You're going to suffer persecution ten days. Ah, piece of cake, ten days. Well, it's gonna be a little bit longer than that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this is a figure of speech of what is going on here. Uh, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 through 9, when he's talking about the fall of Israel and ultimately the rebuilding of God's new temple. He says, yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Well, Haggai was around 625 BC. How long? See what I mean? And then this passage is actually quoted in Hebrews 12. And he says, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth again. And he refers to this passage, and it's going to be in a little while. You know, how do you deal with that how, how do you handle that and this is what i would suggest here's two messages that these time markers send us and don't worry about length of time but worry about this god is saying the turning point is at hand i am on the ball here and i'm about to act and there's not going to be delay i am going to do what i promised i would do And secondly, when it feels like that the world is in absolute chaos, turned upside down, and there's no one in control, these passages tell us God has an orderly time frame in which he will eventually judge the world and bring restoration uh, to, to, uh, to everything that had been destroyed by Satan. Louder, louder please. Um, Yes, the restoration of all things will happen at the end of time. Uh, Acts chapter three, verse 19 through 21 will state that, that when Jesus returns, he he will then restore all things. So yeah, restoration is in process, but it, at now, but it will be completed when Jesus returns. Okie doke. A lot of information, soaked your brain, maybe your brains are scrambled right at this point, but we're introducing some things we can now step back and start looking at the text and fitting these things now. It's, this, is, this is what I hope to do it, when we were on vacation in December, I don't know how many times uh, Brent and April and the kids pulled out a jigsaw puzzle and uh, I I always put, you know, one of the next to last puzzle pieces in just to say that I participated. Uh, but what do you do first? Well, you make the border. That's where you start. And, uh, and so that's what I hope to do today. Let's get a border in. We've got some kind of border so that we have a relationship to what's going to go in the middle of the puzzle. Thank you for your kind attention and what your, uh, your, your dedication to this. I appreciate it. I know God appreciates it especially. Uh, he wrote it. We're going to sing a song right now. If we can help you in any way, uh, please uh, let that be known. While together we stand and while we sing.